don't know if you know, but in a week from now, um, and I'm, I'm just trying to help the husbands here, a week from now um, is Valentine's. And uh, look, if you don't have a reservation right now, just plan on having something at home. You're not going to find something. During Valentine's, everything's booked in the city, right? So Lee and I decided to celebrate Valentine's a, uh, a week early. So Friday, we went out, and, uh, and we had an awesome time. And uh, she actually wore this bracelet, and it brought me back. Have you, ever, have you ever seen something, and it just brings you back? She wore this bracelet that I picked out for her when we just started dating and it was Valentine's Day and it was like it was like this pretty look I was pulling out all the stops y'all all the stops I had jewelry I had the candles lit I had the music on I had the atmosphere the fireplace was going y'all know what I'm talking about and it brought me back to the process of getting in a relationship Y'all know that sometimes that process can be hectic. You know what it's like even in elementary school when you're slipping the paper that says, do you like me, yes or no? Check yes or no, right? And it is devastating if you get a no, right? Some of you are still getting over that no in elementary school. But I remember the process, like I dated other girls, but it was something about her. It was like, this is different. This is the one, right? Uh, Leah, come on up here. Let's, let's give Leah a hand. She was not expecting this. If you can come right here, come stand right here by me. Now, guys, you know that it's something important that when you start a relationship, that things happen in increments. So, like, at first, you're taking somebody out on a date, but you don't even really know if they like you or you really like them or not. And do you remember that... Um, pressurized moment that her hand is just sitting there maybe in a car and you're working up the nerve to touch the hand anybody am I the only one I mean this is like a, this is like how you can tell if they're into you or not I remember driving the car just to give you a picture it was a big body infinity car with blacked out windows so I'm driving the car, we have another couple in the back, and I remember I just kind of put my hand by this, like the little, the, the little console. And she was just sitting there, and we were driving, and then I had to do the test. Do you know the test? It's when you just kind of put your hand just kind of in her hand. Now, this is the telltale sign. If it is a limp hand that is not responding, you're in trouble. And you try to do this little thing where you just kind of put one finger, like, kind of crossing fingers. And if she's going with it, you're in. She's like in. And then the telltale sign, if you just rub the hand just a little bit and she rubs you back, you have won, people. The girl likes you and you're on the track for a relationship. Let's give her a hand. You're still a great hand holder. <laughs> But there was a process. There was actually a process when you have to say, hey, like, what is this? Right? We're liking each other. We're dating. You have these little boys that are trying to hang out. I'm not liking it. Right? So is, are we, like, exclusive here or what happens? And there's this conversation that has to happen in relationships. Like, is this a thing? Do you all know what I'm talking about? 
you can't just go inevitably just uh, go on just not talking. There is a process. If you want to get married, there's actually a process when you say, hey, am I the one for you? Will you marry me? There's a question, right? There's a process of liking. There's a process of engagement. There's a process of marriage. And there has to be communication. Say communication. Now, you know, it's very similar to our relationships that have purpose. Communication is king. If you want to build healthy relationships that are purposeful, it's important to have conversations. It's important to let people know what that relationship actually means. Defining relationships are important. Did you know that Jesus defined his relationship? There was the crowd. He loved the crowd. But then there was actually his community that was like 72 people to 120 people by the time he died. He had a community, right? This is like our church family or our dream team. Then he said, you know what? There are people that I'm really close to that I'm pouring my life into. We're having this discussion. He even asked them, who am I to you? What a weird thing to ask a group of guys. Who am I to you? And, the, and these guys say, well, you are our leader. You're the son of God. And he got these 12 and he says, my life is to pour into you. And then he had three. Say three. He had three that actually went to him in the Garden of Gethsemane that he opened up to. And he even were, was able to tell these three, hey, I'm hurting right now. My heart is in anguish. You know, if you don't have a group of people that have godly influence in your life, that you can't talk to and say, I am in anguish, you can get yourself in a really bad situation. How many of you know that it's important to define relationships and it's important to build relationships in your life? How many of you want to build some relationships in your life? See, building relationships, it takes investment. It takes maintenance. We all know that the problem with relationships, they're people. The problem with relationships are people have problems. Do you have problems? I think you do. I have problems. That's why we have fellowship. It's a bunch of fellows in the same ship. You're dealing with problems. And it, you're dealing with defining relationship and building your life around a support system. This is so vital but we get comfortable in our relationships because we try to avoid rejection. We try to avoid feeling vulnerable. We try to avoid this in our life, and we usually go back to the thing that is comfortable, which is usually not a healthy situation in our life. Come on, somebody. You've ever gone back to that relationship that you knew was not good for you, but it was comfortable? In building relationships, it takes investment, it takes time, it takes healing, it takes communication, and it takes defining what this relationship is for your life. I want to give you this today in the next 15 minutes, four relationships for a strong support system. Four relationships for a strong support system. I want to read 1 Peter 2.5. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Write this down. Through Jesus, we are being built and building 
God's house, which pleases the Father. Through Jesus, we are building, we are being built and building God's house, which pleases the Father. See, God gives us an illustration of relationships. He says it's like a building. He says it's like a building, and just like you have to put brick on brick with building a building, so it is when building our lives with a strong support system. How many of you want a strong support system? Now, Steve, if you can come up, let's get this table, maybe get some help. And I want to give you a picture of a strong support system. And I pray that you begin to take the steps in your life and do the maintenance with this so that you will find yourself being supported in every turn in your life. Now, how many of you have cars in here? You have cars? How many of you, you, there is a light on your car right now, just be honest, wave at me. There's a light, there's an engine light, you got some work to do right now, some people are admitting, there's a light. How many of you know that cars take maintenance? Cars take maintenance. Just like cars take maintenance, relationships take maintenance. Now, ooh, that was shaky. That is not a relationship you want to have, a shaky relationship right there. Now, let me explain this really quick. Now, I want us to realize what God is saying. He's saying, I want you to build, I want you to build up relationships. And when you build up the relationships, this is building my house and it's actually pleasing to God. How many of you want to be pleasing to God? So the relation, godly relationships that we build is pleasing to God because we show our faith and we show our love for God through relationships. Are y'all tracking with me? Now he says, now this is what it's like. Jesus is what's called the chief cornerstone. The reason why a chief cornerstone is so important is because it is cut perfectly and it gives the pattern or the structure for the rest of the foundation. How many of you know that foundations are important? Now Jesus built his house on the foundations of leaders. Jesus built his house. Remember when he told Peter, Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. God is the chief cornerstone and when he came on the scene, he's been building his house ever since. And the truth of the matter is, many of us like me, I was nowhere near near the house. I had no godly relationship. I had no relationship with God. I'm actually a burnt brick out to the side. But I'm glad that people prayed for me and God picked me up and placed me in a house. Come on, somebody. That's how God does it. I've never seen anybody successfully live for God on their own. What God does is he will take your life. He will take your life and he will put it in a house and he will put your life on the house. And this is my first, my first S. I'm doing S's today which is to surround yourself, you need to surround yourself with some seers. What do I mean by seers? These are leaders and mentors in your life. These are people that have gone further than you in your spiritual journey. I say seers because I think of overseers. I actually made up that word. You're not going to find it in the dictionary, I'm pretty sure. Seers. It's like overseers. It's like shepherds in your life. If we want to build our life on healthy foundations, how many of you know that we need to find somebody that's been further than we have? 
Everybody knows if you want to excel, then you have to find people that have gone further that's going to give you godly wisdom in a time of trouble. Now, uh, Paul talks extensively about godly leadership or mentors in our life. And he actually says that the most important thing, 1 Peter 5, 1, he says that these leaders take care of God's flock with all diligence of a shepherd, not because you have to, but because you want to please God, not calculating what you get out of it, but acting spontaneously, not bossily telling others what to do, but tenderly showing them the way. How many of you know that we need some leaders to show us the way? They've been further along in marriage. They've been further along in finances. They've been further along in serving God. I am very thankful Lee and I have been in, um, uh, been really in full-time ministry for about 16 years and probably leading at about 19 years. And she grew up in the church, so she started leading when she got out of the womb. So uh, she's been leading longer. So it is true that in that time period, it was leaders in my life that said, I'm not trying to get anything from you. I'm just trying to help you. I'm not trying to get anything from you. I love God so much that he did so much for me that if I can help you in any way, it's an honor because I know that this is building God's house and giving God glory. How many of you know we need some leaders like this? Leadership in the body of Christ is not like leadership in the business world. If you see leadership in the business world, you probably will see a pyramid that goes like this. But leadership in the body of Christ is actually a pyramid that goes like this. A leader that's able to carry some weight, not for what he can get out of it, but what he can give and to build selflessly the kingdom of God. That's what leaders are born to do when God has done so much to them. I would not be where I am without leaders that led me the way that they did. Several mentors, several leaders. And I want to encourage you, even in this crew season, find somebody in your life that has been further than you have and has godly counsel. Say godly counsel. See, the Bible says that he builds our church by leaders, by leaders equipping us, equipping us for our ministry. No matter if you know it or not, if you've given your life to God, you have a ministry. Your family is your ministry. Your household's your ministry. Your neighborhood's your ministry. Your school is your ministry. Come on, your city is your ministry. And so God says, I want to place you on some leadership. God specifically talks about pastors and leaders that actually oversee your soul. That say, how are you? How many of you know that it's important to have somebody say, how are you? How's your soul? How's your peace? How's your joy? How's your connection with God? I don't know about you, but I work out a lot better when I have a workout partner that's gone further than I have. They can push me further than I can push myself, and that's what mentors are for. That's what leadership in the body is for, to begin to push us. How many of you know that that's important? I love Steve. Steve actually was the one to help bring up this table. He, we, had a, we had a conversation when he first came to the church, and he was, I was like, so what is this? 
Let's define the relationship here. Do you want a pastor in your life? He was like, yes, that's why I'm here. I want a pastor in my life. And I'm like, okay, if you want a pastor in your life, what does that mean to you? And he says, you know what? If you see any blind spots in me or anything that I need, you see in me that needs to change, tell me. And I'm like, oh, God, I will. But this could be problems. And I can say till even today, he says, hey, is there anything, my marriage, this and that. And we were able to seek God and say, this is how we're able to get stronger and get fitter spiritually. How many of you know that spiritually, your spiritual walk is the most important thing in your life? More important than your occupation, more important than your 20-year goal, your spiritual walk is the most important thing in your life. Number two, say number two. See, I, I actually have four main overseers in my life. I talk to them uh, at least once a month. I had somebody call me uh, last week, and it sharpened me. It sharpened me. It encouraged me. How many of you need some encouragement sometimes? It encouraged me. It showed me he, was, he did something before I did, and he was like, I wouldn't go that route. I would go this route, and I'm so thankful that I don't have to recreate the will. There are people that have been before me and carrying the weight that I don't have to carry. We need leaders in the church. Number two, I want to read this before I get to number two. Proverbs 3.20, walk with the wise and be wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Solomon's kind of like straightforward. I like this one even better. How many of you just like straightforward talk? Anybody here? Like don't, sh don't sugarcoat it. Just tell me. Okay, Solomon, tell me. What do you think about correction or uh, corrective criticism? He says this, Proverbs 12, 1, whoever loves instruction and discipline loves knowledge. Listen to this. But he who hates reproof and correction is stupid. Ouch, I don't want to be stupid. We never want to be corrected, but if, if we think of correction in the Western world as like a wrong connotation, but really it's just love saying, I would go this direction. It is not scolding, it is not rejection, it is not punishment. That is not healthy leadership. That is unhealthy leadership. Healthy leadership says, hey, take it if you want it, <laughs> but I, I would go this direction if I were you. And it takes trust and vulnerability to say, you know what, I, I will listen to that. The problem is, this is the problem, many of us have had people in our lives, whether it's parents or other authority figures, that have abused that trust and you have made a decision in your mind that you will never trust leadership, you will only isolate yourself and you're hurting yourself. I want to encourage you, first of all, I want to apologize for anybody that has abused their authority, but I want to encourage you to forgive and begin to open yourself up, back up to be able to move forward spiritually by having leaders in your life. Because God can heal you, and he can also teach you in past relationships on what not to be. God can actually use your story. How many of you know that when you are uh, meeting with leadership that you actually come to a place where you listen? I, I remember when I was young, uh, younger, all I wanted to do is talk. So leaders will just let you talk, but how many of you know it's important to listen and to ask questions? And so in our leadership, Trey, you can come on up, man. In our leadership, I'm sorry, <laughs> what happened? 
Okay. Okay. Well, I'll just sing solo then. Y'all are going to be blessed today. <laughs> I cannot sing at all. Leah's got all the singing genes. I got none of them. They won't even let me play a tambourine. They're just like, nope. You ain't got it. So, number one, seer. Say seer. seer. Number two, shaker. Say shaker. shaker. Now, shakers are people that you do life with that shake things up. These are people like the paralyzed man. Shakers are people that actually say, you know what? I, I am going to be a part of your life, and we're going to live for purpose. How many of you want a crew that live for purpose? These four people said, you know what, you're paralyzed, I'm getting you to Jesus. I want some friends when I'm going through it that will pray with me, that will be there for me. Not just in the high moments, but the low moments, the valleys. Pay attention to the people that are only there at the high moments and pay attention to the people that are only there at the low moments. Be with the people that are there that celebrate the high moments and will cry with you in the low moments. You need people that stand back to back and help you fight through life because it is a fight. It is a fight of faith, and you need somebody in your corner saying, you can do this. I am here with you. I am encouraging you. I am going with you. We're going to back you up. How many of you know that it's important in 2022 to have some friends that know how to back you up? To say, I know the vision and the plan and the dream that God has put in your life. This relationship is not just about me. This relationship is to actually show the love of God in my life and propel you forward, to encourage you, to spur you on to good works. Come on, you need some godly leaders in your life. I love Proverbs 17, 17. It says, a friend is always loyal and a brother is born in a help time of need. I'm going to read this, Ecclesiastes 4.9. It says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Say real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back-to-back. Back, say back-to-back back back. and conquer. How many of you want some back-to-back -back friends, some back-to-back -back shakers? This says, and you know what? It actually takes, it takes communication with this. With leadership, you need to say, hey, I want you to help me. Hey, keep me accountable. If I don't show up, come and get me. <laughs> with friends, you need to say, listen, I want this friend, don't be an overbearing friend, but be, be a friend that says, hey, I'm here for you. How many of you know it takes two to be friends? Well, they didn't call me. Get over it. Grow up. Just call them, right? Work on your relationships. Let's not be so petty. When we stand by side to side, we don't talk about the people next to us. We don't gossip about the people next to us. We don't define people by their weakness. We define them by the way that God sees them. How many of you need some friendships like that, that when you fall and you fail, I am not going to judge you by your falling. I'm going to judge you by the future that God says he has for you. Come on, give God a hand if you believe that. See, it's kind of nice that Trey is not closing me out so I don't feel rushed. So I'm just going to be like in another hour. Just joking. Five minutes. Do you give me five minutes today? We're going to wrap this up. The third thing is this. You need some sharpeners, some sharpeners. By the way, 
I love, I love. Jesus said, you know, with, with shakers, with people in your life that you do life with, the Bible says, he said this at a feast. Jesus said, come to me. He said, come to me, all that are thirsty, and I will give you drink. And he says, I will cause springs of living life to flow out of you. Isn't that awesome? The Holy Spirit begins to give us dreams and gifts and talents. And when you have friendships that their main common denominator is purpose, going after God, there are streams that come out of giftings and talents. And what happens when you get a lot of streams that come together? You get a river. I love when you begin to get with people that are believers and they have a stream of giving and another one has a stream of healing and another one has a stream of generosity and another one has a stream of hospitality and you get them together and you can feel momentum in your life. You can feel God bringing you somewhere. You can feel God having vision over your life and that's what God does when he builds the kingdom. Number three, sharpeners. Find some people that you're not doing life with can, that can give you a fresh perspective of the life that you are doing. Because people aren't giving you fresh perspective that you're actually doing life with. Because they're in it. Find about 10 people that you, you, you feel a connection with, that you bounce things off with, that you might talk to every once in a while, you get connected with because they sharpen you. The Bible says that when two believers come together, it's like iron sharpening iron. How many of you want to be sharp? I don't think anybody's like, yeah, I just want to be a dull person. No, I want to be sharp. Look at your neighbor and say, you're looking sharp. And the fourth thing, I can just hear the harmony right now playing the piano and the guitar playing, just serenading you while God's touching your life right now. We can just picture it, right? So the fourth thing is this. The fourth thing is that we not only need seers in our life, we don't only need shakers in our life, our sharpeners in our life, but we also need people in our life that they know how to get to us, right? because we have compassion for them. We need students in our life. So this is what God does. He says, I want you to get placed on leadership, and then I want you to begin to have some shakers in your life that support you. I want you to begin to have people that are sharpeners in your life, and now that you have a strong support system, that you are, you, your weight is on some leadership, you have some support right here that you do life with, you have support right here where you are bouncing things off of people, they're sharpeners. Now, I want you to go find some other people that aren't built up, that have, that are lost, that are afraid, that aren't in the body of Christ, and I want you to go and put the weight on top of you. And we're going to begin to build God's house. That it's not only about us four and no more. It's saying, I've got a strong support system because my life is built to empower others. Who is somebody that you can take under your wing? It's one thing when you're little and you have Christmas, it's fun. It's a whole other thing when you have kids and they're open in presents. It's even better. What God has done in you is extraordinary, but it's even more extraordinary when you see God doing that in others because of you. How many of you know that we need to go out and find those scattered bricks? Jesus saw a sea of multitudes and said, the Bible says he was moved with compassion because there were sheep without a shepherd. And he said, pray for the harvest that they would go get them in and bring them to the house. How many of you know that we need to bring them to the house? 
and we need to get them a strong support system. They might be the last person that you thought would ever step foot in a church, but because you have a stream coming from you, because there is a river that comes from you, they get caught up in the current and God begins to do a work in their life. I am a person that people said would never live for God, but God is close to the brokenhearted. God is, God actually will leave the 99 and go after the one. Will we leave the 99 and go after those that are struggling with addiction, struggling with depression, struggling with suicide, struggling with divorce in their life? Will we go after them and say, I don't have all the answers, but I know the one that does and see God move in the hearts of people? If you believe that today, just stand up right where we are, you are. And if you say, you know what, today, to be honest, to be honest, I don't even have a relationship with God. I need to be placed. I need God to go in those dark places and get me out. I want a relationship with Jesus. I want to say a prayer with you today. We actually have a team that is praying together today that says, you know what, we are praying the Bible says that when one person turns to God, that all the heavens rejoice. And if that's you today that says, I want a relationship with God, either in the room or online, I want to pray with you today. Can we pray all together? With every eye closed and head bowed, if you can pray with me today, this right here. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me and that you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. I want a relationship with you. I want to live for you all the days of my life. Listen, the Bible says that when you prayed that prayer, all your sins go as far as the east is to the west. They're no more, and God wants to have a relationship with you today. Listen, if that's you today with nobody looking around, I'm not going to embarrass you, but if you prayed that prayer today, can you just lift up your hand so I'll know who to be praying for this week? Just slip up your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. God bless you. God bless you. You can put that down. Online, you can even write in if you lifted your hand. Lord, I thank you that the Bible says that all the heavens rejoice when one person turns to you. Church 54, on the count of three, can we join in with heaven and rejoice today because of people giving their life to God and coming into his kingdom? One, two, three. Come on, let's give God a hand today. Let's give God a, a shout. Now, if you're here today and you say, you know what, I don't know how to do it, but I need help to build a strong support system. I want to begin to surround myself with godly counsel, and I want to begin to get sharpened with my relationship with God. I want God to heal me. I want God to set me free. I want God to be able to do work in me so that I can get rid of bitterness and rid of shame and rid of insecurity so I can be into the relationships that God has for me. If that's you, just lift your hands right where you are. I'm going to pray for you all around the room that you say, you know what, I want godly relationships. Just lift your hands right where you are. I'm going to pray for you. Lord, we thank you for everybody that is saying, I want to begin to build the kingdom of God. I want to begin to have a healthy, strong relationship in my life. Lord, I thank you that right now that all disappointment has to go, that all feelings of shame has to go, all feelings of inadequacy have to go, and I thank you that you are building their life surrounded by godly people and that their life will live on purpose. 
Thank you, Lord, that you're doing it not by power, not by might, but by your spirit in the mighty name of Jesus Christ.